Welcome to our seventh session as we look at the fifth age of man uh, initiated through Samuel. Let's just welcome God as we continue this journey together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're the living God. Uh, we thank you that you are alive and, inact and active in fulfilling your purposes for all the earth and for mankind whom you created with the purpose of establishing your kingdom over all nations and over all peoples. Father, help us to understand how you have step by step put this in place in the different ages and may this bring to us an understanding also of what you were unfolding before our very eyes in this day as we come to the end of this age. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We saw in our last session how God had chosen one nation, Israel, to be his people and how he entered into a covenant with those people and they became the covenant people of God and he became the God of Israel. We saw at, at, um, at the end of that uh, of Moses' time that they'd entered into the promised land, the promise was the land, and starting to take possession of it. But because of their sin and entang entanglement with the people of the land and their disobedience, they struggled all the way through that age to continue to take possession of the land. And at different times, the Lord would raise up judges and they would deliver the people for a time. The Spirit of the Lord was on them and they'd deliver the people for a time. But then the people would turn away from again and sin and then the Lord would allow oppression to come to them and then a saviour and a, a judge would be raised up with the Spirit of the Lord and it would continue time and time again. And in the book, beginning of the book of Samuel, it, uh, Samuel uh, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1, we have a, uh, in the prelude, it says, the word of the Lord was rare at that time. See, this from, in this time of judges, you know, the judge would rise up and they, the spirit of the Lord would be upon them. One of them was called a, a, a prophet, Deborah, woman. But the word of the Lord was very rare, it was, was very uncommon, just you know, maybe once a generation or something like that, some, one would be raised up as a prophet. But what we're going to see is this fifth age start, God is going to bring in a whole new order. And Samuel is the father of the prophets. And in the uh, 11th session, we'll look and see that all of these initiators of these ages were fathers of a whole new realm of, of God's administration of his kingdom into all the earth. For Samuel, it was prophecy. So Samuel's a prophet and receives a word, and we're going to look at that specifically in a moment. But as we see, before long, their schools of prophets. And the Spirit of God is, is, is falling upon, and we've got schools of prophets, whole groups that have this prophetic gift, and they're going out and prophesying. And if you read through the scriptures after Samuel, before then, there was just some history books, but there's all these prophetic books, great big long, you know, with Jeremiah, Ezekiel, um, all the Daniels, but it, it unleashes all this prophetic age. But it all starts in this new age that starts with Samuel. Now, how did it start with Samuel? The, the, the prelude for Samuel is that his mother had been barren for a long time and, and crying out to the Lord, and the Lord answers her and She's made this promise, if I have a child, I'll give him to you. And Samuel was from the priestly line. So from a young boy, he was brought to the, where? The tabernacle. 
to serve with Eli. Now, normally you were 25 years old before you would start serving at the temple if you were the priestly line. But Samuel was dedicated from when he was weaned, living at the temple, working there. And Eli, who was getting old and blind and fat, and the scriptures tells us that, uh, Samuel became his helper. So we have uh, something that happened in this tabernacle, in the holy place. See that tent in the middle? That's... It's got the holy place and the holy of holies at the back with the light coming out of it. And they're not sleeping. They're on a nightly watch to keep an eye on the lamp to make sure that the lamp doesn't go out because if it starts to flicker, then they have to refill the oil. And so Samuel, there's no seats there, so he's not standing there like I'm standing. He's lying down, but awake, keeping an eye. And if the lamp flickers, then he goes and gets Eli, and then Eli comes and does the priestly duty of filling up the oil. That's the job. And in the midst of that, Samuel hears a voice, Samuel, Samuel. And so he runs, looks, only Eli's here, runs. Eli, you called me? He said, no, I didn't. So he goes back. And before long, Eli recognises. It's not, he keeps hearing a voice and it's not me. Who else could be here? And then he works out, where are we sitting? We're, we're in the holy place. <laughs> Who else is here? God is here. And so therefore, he says to Samuel, when you hear the voice, again, Say, here I am, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. Let's have a look at it. It's in, in 1 Samuel, chapter 3. Let's read the scriptures because it's uh, really telling. 1 Samuel, chapter 3, and um, from verse 8, halfway through 8. Then Eli realized, Eli was a high priest, and Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. That's not sleeping, that's lying down, keeping an eye on the lamp. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. A new age is beginning. And God, in the person of Jesus Christ, face to face, is doing it again. He did it with Adam, face to face. Adam opens his eyes. <gasps> There's the Lord. He did it with Noah. I'm repenting of commit, you know, creating mankind. I'm going to destroy all the earth and the animals as well. He did it with Abraham. Appeared to him, says, let's make a covenant. And um, appeared to him face to face, even came and had a meal with him face to face. Jacob wrestled with God face to face. Moses met with the Lord uh, in, in the burning bush and on Mount Sinai face to face. Joshua face to face. And here this age is beginning once again since, since that uh, e even the judges, the spirit of the Lord came upon them and Deborah was a prophet, but it wasn't that, that face to face. But here, Samuel, it's face to face. God speaks so he hears him first. But then in this third time, the Lord came and stood there. This is Jesus. And Samuel, uh, and we have it in this scripture, came and stood there. So Samuel knows that he's standing there and he speaks with him. Face to face, a new age has begun. Samuel did not allow the word of the Lord to fall to the ground. And as we continue to the, the, the third generation, we see that um, Samuel was the last of judges and the appointed king. And it was Saul. But just like Ishmael was a creation of the flesh through Adam, and no, the line doesn't go through that, so Saul was rejected. 
But David, he's the one. This is the line of salvation. And Jesus is the son of David. It's part of the line. He's the one. The promise flows through David and then through Solomon, which is the third generation. And so once again, we see this inauguration time where God face-to-face is meeting over three generations. And in these three generations to kickstart this new unfolding of God's plan of salvation. And in the midst of that, we have a promise. And the promise is tied in with the covenant. We also have the covenant, which, which we have in every time. And this covenant was made with David. This covenant is in 1 Chronicles 17, and I'll read from verse 10. Uh, halfway through 10. Oh, I'll read a bit earlier because I think it gives us a context. From verse 7. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. This is Nathan. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be a ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut you off from all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name like the names of the greatest men on earth. I will provide a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. You see, that's the fulfillment, the promise of the land. They'd struggled for so time, but when David became king, he defeated all the enemies and the people of Israel were finally taking possession, more more land than what they'd ever had before David, and then Solomon made it even larger. Still not to the full extent of what was promised Abraham. That's still to come. But now the land, uh, that which was the promised land has now become the land in reality and they're now owning it and living in it without oppression. He continues, uh, I've been with you wherever you've gone and I have cut up all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name like the name of the greatest men on earth. I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also subdue all your enemies. Well, wow, new age, new promise. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. When your days are over and you go to your fathers, I will raise up of your, up your off, offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him as I took away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. God made it a covenant. This covenant with David of this eternal kingdom and this eternal king who sits on the throne of David and rules over all of Israel and as it unfolds in the scriptures, not just Israel, over all the nations of the earth. And what was the sign of this covenant? The sign of this covenant was was tied up. Why was this covenant made? Because David had made in his heart to not just have the tabernacle, but to make a temple. And the Lord said, no, you're not going to build it. Your son is. And as we read this scripture, in a small part, in one part it refers to Solomon who built a physical temple. But more importantly, it refers to Jesus, who tells us in the New Testament, I'm going to destroy this temple, which was Herod's temple, and in three days I'm going to build a new one. It's a spiritual temple. And in the millennium, we'll see that there's also a physical temple. 
And so the sign of this covenant is the temple. We see this established in the third generation Solomon where he's built his own palace and built all these things and he builds this magnificent structure as a temple for the Lord. And at the dedication, the Lord uh, appears to him. And the Lord had appeared to Solomon previously and asked him, what do you want? And he said, "Uh, give me wisdom. (laughs) And the Lord said, you could have asked for long life and riches, but you asked for wisdom. Well, look, I'll give you the wisdom, but I'll also give you the riches and the long life as well. We see at the beginning of of this age through Solomon, all, all the enemies defeated in their peace and the borders of Israel is extended and even the Queen of Sheba comes. And that, that's a picture. Just, just, just one king comes and comes to worship the God of Israel because of the greatness of the glory resting upon Israel. That's a, prophet, that's a promise uh, and the picture which we will see into the millennium age is all the nations of the earth coming to worship the God of Israel in Jerusalem. So we see something of, of, of this pr- promise here. In the, the third generation, the, the, the prophetic act there is when the temple is dedicated and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon the temple. There's this sign for this covenant. And, and I'd like to just read some of the words that the Lord spoke to, to Solomon at that time and it's in um, one, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, everyone knows 14. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I'll hear their prayer. And it was, if you're turning your face towards Jerusalem in this temple. But this is what the Lord said when he appeared to Solomon. I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifices. There's uh, so much more in that I haven't had time to talk about. When I sharp the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people are called by my name, and I've just quoted that. But then he goes on, uh, verse 19, But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and command I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land which I've given them and I will, will reject this temple which I've consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. And though this temple is now so imposing, all who pass will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to his temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers who brought them out of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster upon them. That was true for the rest of this age when the people turned away from God. The Lord destroyed the temple and took the people away from the land of Israel into exile. We've seen that in this age also because Jesus said, I'll destroy the temple. And the the people before his crucifixion said, we have no God but Caesar. And they rejected their king. And so they were taken out of the land for thousands of years. The temple was destroyed in AD 70 and they were taken out of the land uh, by AD 30, they were all taken out of the land and the land became sown with salt and empty, except for a few wandering nomads through it, primarily. But now in this day, we see the Lord bringing them back. Israel as a state has been re- re-established and, and we see this as all the signs 
of what the Lord is going to do as he fulfills his eternal purposes. As we've looked at these things today, I pray that you might see something of God's eternal purpose. Because God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a lamb. We now see that's established. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. We saw that that, that happened, and by the end of that age, they were a great nation that Moses brought out. He said, I'm going to give you a land. At the beginning, it was a promised land. Now, through David and Solomon, it's the land that they're living in. The next promise, which will be unleashed in the sixth age, is the blessing for all nations. Through you, Abraham, I will bless. Through your seed, I will bless all nations. And so on, as we come to the sixth age, where Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary, we will see this unfolding in the times that come ahead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that step by step you are revealing through these ages your eternal plan of salvation. Lord, and we thank you for that. And we thank you in this fifth age we see this, this promise of an eternal kingdom and Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven. And Lord Jesus, you were crucified as king of the Jews and we know that you shall come again to rule and reign, not riding on a donkey, but riding on a great white horse and you shall rule and reign from Jerusalem over all the nations of the earth. Continue to unveil more of this truth into our hearts and lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you.